When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts, it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember. Together, click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What's going up, all you Marvel heads out there? Thank you for tu- tuning in to another episode of In the Marbles. And if this is your first time joining us, well, it's not a better time to join us. We have Owen Smith on Arca Driver. And we got a lot of other stuff to get around to as well. But first, before we get to all of that, how about we introduce you to somebody else, the co host here at In the Marbles, Matt Beamer. What's going on, Preston? <laughs> What's going on, man? Doing uh, double duty now. Uh, Ian couldn't make it. Yeah, and well, now I'm I'm back and forth into producer seat, man. Yeah, but, how uh, does it feel to be back in it? It feels good. I'm I'm just you're going to see me now. We're back on YouTube. Yes, finally, finally back, back on, on YouTube, YouTube and finally getting used to everything and got the computer up and running. It took three weeks longer than it should have, but it's back on. Everything's good though. Finally back into it, man. Yeah. What a you know? Did you have a good weekend? I did. Um, it was. I, I worked Saturday. My dad actually came by yesterday. He's taking a motorcycle trip. So what he's doing is instead of going clockwise, he came counterclockwise so he could come see the new house and oh, okay. see myself and Caroline. And it's good seeing him. I haven't seen him in about uh, a couple months since we went to Alabama. How's he doing? He's doing well. He's just um, going on a motorcycle trip and doing that. A lot of fun. And, uh, Wish him the best, and he's going to meet up with uh, my Uncle John up yeah. there in North Carolina, and they're going to go riding around camping and stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, it's all good, man. Yeah, that sounds like a great good. time. Now we finally got YouTube up and running. I'm so happy and, and grateful that I did that. A uh, special shout-out to Nick, one of our friends there at the firehouse, who uh, helped me out through it. He's a big computer guy. Ah, oh, And uh, okay. helped us out. But how are you doing, man? You finally got the baby home? Yes, uh, things are good. Baby finally got to come home, so transitioning into a two-kid lifestyle now. How's that going? uh, Very busy. 
Very busy, huh? Yeah, my I, I'm telling you, we got to bring her home last Thursday afternoon, and my life has felt like it's been pretty much nonstop. As it's far, been as far very as busy, what? just like uh, you know, making sure that she's okay. Like I'm always like looking at her just to make sure she's okay, You're right? And like you know, she has to eat every three to four hours, so we're up in the middle of the night. I try to you know I'm I try to get up as much as I can with the wife. Yeah, make make sure to do it. Or say, or you don't want to know how to score some points. Say, hey, honey, I got this. Go back to bed. Yeah, yeah. I d- you should do that because, I mean, you're up at 3 o'clock anyway. You would say you might as well just No, take- actually, you know, it's it's weird. I've felt very tired lately. Yeah? Like, I'm just, like, tired all the time. I, wow. I wouldn't say I'm up at 3 o'clock. I mean, yeah, I'm up at 3 o'clock now because we're, like, waking up all the time. But, like, it's funny. I'll be up in the middle of the night, and I'll just be, like, staring at that baby. I'm just like looking at her. I'm like, yeah. I thought I heard something. And I'm just looking and I'll look and I'll, as soon as I lay down and close my eyes, she'll make another noise. And I'm just like, is everything okay? Right. But like, I mean, like, like I said, I, I've just, I felt tired in general. You know, I've, between this and still ongoing heart issue deal, which contributes to making me tired. I just, uh, it feels right. like my life just doesn't stop. It's just exhausting the entire time. So, well, you did, thank you for being here. Like like you said, man, we got a good show in store today. We got Owen Smith coming on, ARCA driver, reached out to us. One of the first of, I hope, many drivers to reach out to us, but interesting to, or looking forward to hearing what his story is through ARCA racing and looking forward to get to know him more. ARCA series going to Bristol this weekend and curious to see how he's uh, looking to tackle that. But uh, great show coming up and can't wait, man. You want to just go ahead and head into the news? Yeah, let's hit the ground All running. All right. All right, auto racing news. I've only found two artic- articles that would consider news, and a lot of this stuff, and unfortunately with us, man, we, we do the show, and then it seems like the big stories come out when the episode drops. When we're done recording, it seems like the episode drops. You know what's funny about that is that? when you when you bring that up, I was thinking about that just the other day. I was like, man, every time we drop an episode, we always, you know, we, we do the episode when we, we're able to because we have to work around schedules. Right. But then when it comes out a couple of days later, that's when the new... <laughs> That's when the big news right. comes that's, out. That's, <laughs> it seems like all the time that happens. Yeah. Like the news will hit or we'll do our episode and then the big news stories happen. And then and, we're like way behind. And it isn't like we we do this for a living yet. No. It isn't like anything like that. It's like we got to go to work. We got to take care of our families. And then when news hits, we can't just say, oh, come over and we'll do a quick YouTube episode yeah. and or a quick podcast and talk about it. And it's funny how that happens. So I feel like we're somewhat behind the power curve at that point. Well, I like to think of it as like when that does happen. I think I feel like there are some people out there that will say, "Oh, you know, oh, they weren't quick to you know quick to get the news." But then again, some people will be like, "Oh, you know what? That's cool. I know that they're behind, but I'm going to listen to next week's episode because I'll be curious to see what they have to say about it." That's so, right. I like that. Whenever I see news, I try to share it to our social media pages when we can. Right. But I like to think of it as like that. I like to think people are like, "Oh." I'll tune in next week's episode. We'll see what they have to say because I know that I think a lot of people know that podcasts tend to record and then release right. at a later date. So, like, everybody knows that there's kind of like a, a, what, what a delay. Say? Let's a say delay. delay. A, delay. a delay. Yeah, a delay. I almost said lag, but, like, that wouldn't be right. No, nah, lag doesn't make sense. But, hey, first piece <laughs> of news I have. Bubba Wallace will not return to Richard Petty Motorsports in 2021. This is no surprise. We've been talking about this for a while. Silly season coming up. Bubba Wallace, will he or will he not return to 
Richard Petty Motorsports. Where do you think he's going to go? I think he, a lot of people are saying Chip Ganassi racing. That's the rumors I'm hearing, too. You know, and he's been in talks with him. I haven't seen anything about him being in talks with Hendrick or anybody else, JGR, or not JGR, but... JTG? JTG. But I, I think, you know, it's one. I think it's most likely going to be I taking over was, for Matt Kenseth. Yeah, I heard it was going to be... Some people were saying the rumors of the 42 car, and then I saw a lot of rumors that talked about, oh, it could be a Denny Hamlin back team. It could be, but we, I haven't seen much about that Denny Hamlin no. back team. And the only time I've seen about that is him teaming up with Michael Jordan, which those, I think, rumors got kanked mm-hmm. by sources for Michael Jordan. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be an established team like Chip Ganassi who's going to do it. Hamlin will be a good team owner, kind of like Tony Stewart, but I don't think he's there yet in his career. I think have him win this year's championship and he might be more established. I just don't – Hendrick Motorsports, I don't – I don't see them going after. A I don't guy see like it that. either. I think they already have what they need, or they're established guys, or you know whatever you want to call them. Maybe it could be a good fit for him to go to the forty-two. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where he'll end up because he's got a lot of sponsorship money behind him. I think maybe him going to JTG will be good with for that team more so than and a more established team like Chip Ganassi. But him and Kyle Busch, I think, will make a good formative duo here in 2021 really do second piece of news i have speaking of hendrick jimmy johnson is going to be running the indycar series in 2021 and 2022 i've seen headlines saying that or reports saying that he's going to just run road courses yeah i've heard but i think part-time but i think this is going to be good for indy because a lot of jimmy johnson fans who want to still see him race will go to the track and follow indy just to watch jimmy johnson see how he'll do a lot of emphasis will be placed on IndyCar. How do you feel about that? I'm looking forward to it. By all means, if he wants to go somewhere else and race, that's cool. I mean, that's that's awesome. I think it's great for not only IndyCar, but Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Now we get to see him do everything, and, and it stinks that he is in his final season in Cup, and he's not getting to do exactly what he wants to do. He's not getting the farewell that I think he deserves. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, say, Richard Petty or Dale Jr. did, especially with all of his accomplishments in the Cup Series. But I think it's going to be fun to watch him race an IndyCar. I can't wait. I'm definitely going to be tuning in, as as I think a lot of people are. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, it's we get we get a chance to see him race somewhere else, right? A different, a uh, totally different car, totally different car, so, totally different setup, and I think it's going to be so much fun. I I'm looking forward to it. But, I, I definitely will watch a little bit more IndyCar than just to see. I, I will. I'm like I said. Him racing in a different car, it would be cool to see. You know, it, it, that's why I like about when some drivers think about making jumps to different, you know, different types of racing. It's just cool to see what they can do with other equipment. So, right, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, man, and um, and that's all the news I have. You have any news? Uh, no, I think did we touch last week about? We know that Sebastian Vettel in Formula One is going to go to racing. Well, it's not Racing Point after the season. It'll be Aston Martin racing next year. I think and we, Sergio Perez. I don't think we did. Yeah, Sergio Perez is. Um, there's really been no news on what he's going to do. He's just opting out of that because he was still signed through next year with them, and then he yeah. just said he was. There's no plan for him whatsoever. He hasn't said what he's going to do after that. But that just the rumors were that Sebastian Vettel was seen. With the racing points, uh, Lawrence Stroll and Ooh. people leading up, they were like, oh, he's coming there. And then people were like, 
I wasn't going to kick Lance Stroll out because Sergio Perez is still signed through next year. And right. Well, now Perez is kind of just stepping back, and Vettel's coming in. They're going to switch over to Aston Martin next year, and that's about that. So there's but still a lot of open seats, I believe, for there are. different ha- teams. Haas has open seats. Yeah. Mercedes has an open seat. We don't know what's going to happen with Hamilton. I think he's coming back. Yeah, well, he's going to come back to just over where. He just I- he's, they have been asking him about. I mean, of course, everybody's been asking. He says, oh, I don't really want to talk about re-signing right now or anything like that in this world. Everything that's going on in the world right now, he just says he doesn't want to talk about re-signing or anything like that. He thinks there's more issues on the table. And I think, I don't know if Alfa Romeo's got any seats open at this time. I don't know either. So it's... Um, but it would be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. But if that's all the news we have, what we'll go ahead and do and get into, is get into a Formula One race from Magello. A very interesting race, and we'll get right into that. All right, the Magello Grand Prix, to me, was a very interesting race. It was a lot of fun. And what blew me away is the first nine laps were run under caution and red flag. All of them. Yeah, wow. Uh, Let me tell you what. That was (laughs) such a, like, okay, so what was crazy was when 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 they started, I did not notice that Verstappen had dropped back and he was ha- he had that loss of power issue right away. How I didn't you, realize that. How was do you him. not notice that? It was just so crazy because well, you could just see him just fall. I mean, I you, yeah. you look at it from the overhead view. Well, I was I like, wasn't paying like, yeah. attention to him at first because what I would pay attention to was uh, who was it? Carlos Sainz, I think it was. Well, I was more focused on Botas taking the lead from Hamilton. Right from the start. Yeah, I was just focused on the first two or three cars, and I did not realize to look and see where Verstappen had gone. So when the accident occurred coming to the second turn and you see all these cars going off track and then they said, Oh, it's Max Verstappen. And I went, where the heck did he even go to begin with? Like what, what did I miss? Oh, what happened yeah, to he him? He dropped right back to the loss of power and he was mad about that. Yeah. But then that wreck happened. And then on the restart, which Botas had the right to go whenever he wanted to. Well, actually I'm going to stop you there because okay. he does have the right to go, but they didn't, Throw the green yeah, until he got to the line, anyways. Yeah, so who cares? So you can't blame. And oh my gosh, that was just a crazy power up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was, crazy is an man. understatement. I think. And I, I thought from just that we were going to see an awesome race. Then I was wrong. Yeah. Then then Hamilton took the lead on the restart after the red flag. They red flagged the race after that la- uh, accident on the front stretch, and then Hamilton took the lead. And I tell you what. I came up here to work on the computer, finally got it working, came back down, and I feel like I didn't miss a thing. Yeah, you didn't miss too much. Hamilton and Botas were up front, and Ricardo looked like he was going to try and make a run. That would have been cool, seeing Ricardo, Ricardo I really on the wanted, podium. I really wanted him to get the podium because then Cyril would have had to get a tattoo of Daniel Ricardo's choosing. Did you hear about that? I heard about that bet, but I wasn't going to really put any stock into it. Uh, I was hoping that would happen. But, I mean, it was – other than Hamilton – I mean, other than, let's just say this, other than Mercedes dominating, if you would just put them out of the picture, I thought it was a pretty good race. I mean, yeah, it's just, it was crazy. Just did that, that whole accident on the restart, and then, I mean, Roman Grosjean was, wow, he was, he had something to say about it for sure, even though he didn't get caught up in the accident. He yeah. Was, yeah, he was pretty heated about yeah, that. Yeah, he very heated about it, and, man, what unfortunate for uh, Lance Stroll that I don't know if it was a tire issue or what happened, but... On the on the onboard camera, something broke, and I mean the car just snapped around immediately, and then there he goes, all the way off the track and into yeah. the wall over there. That was, that's a crazy ride to think about. 
oh, going yeah. that fast and then just something just breaking right away. Kind of like uh, what Leclerc went through last weekend at uh, Monza. Oh, man. But it's crazy. Ooh. So here are my top five from uh, Magello. We got Daniel Ricardo starting eighth, finishing fourth. I thought he had a great run, maybe a shot there at the podium, but who got the last podium spot? Alex Alborn. Alex Albon, I apologize. Starting fourth, finishing third. I thought, you know, he's representing Red Bull after Max Verstappen got taken out there on the first lap. Lando Nor- Norris starting sixth or starting 11th and gaining five positions to the sixth spot. Daniel Kvyat starting 12th, finishing seventh. Good points day for him. And Kimi Raikkonen coming all the way back from 13th and finishing ninth. Who do you got for your top five? I have Alex Albon as okay. my number one. Great run for Red Bull other than Verstappen going out on the very first lap, which unfortunate for him because he was not very happy again that he was out of the race for a second straight week in a row. Daniel Ricciardo, great run for Renault again. I think it was fourth, finished fourth, so that's good. Danny Kvyat, again, Alpha Tauri, they needed a, a decent bounce-back position after Pierre Gasly got caught up in that accident as well in lap one. Yeah. I mean, and they, they were they, – did you hear the commentators talk about how – I think it was when they said the last Frenchman who won the next week, they got a DNF, I think it was. And Whoops. on the first lap, I think it was too. Yeah. And they said, wow, it's crazy how history repeats itself. Barry Gasly out on the first lap. That's unfortunate. Kimi yep. Raikkonen, I gave uh, my fourth spot too. And what I found really cool about what, – what I really find really cool about Formula 1 is when they give you these time penalties that go on at the end of the race. Yeah. And then you have somebody like George Russell who has a chance to, if he can get within five seconds of Raikkonen, he has a chance at getting points. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what I, I think that's what makes it great between battling with cars, but then you also have to battle the time. Right. And that's, what's really cool. But unfortunately for Williams, they couldn't score a point, which I was kind of hoping they would. Yeah. That would have been cool. And then, uh, I gave Lewis Hamilton the fifth. I mean, Another dominating performance, and what, what can you do? Yeah, what can you do? Well, here's how I rated the race, and I don't think you're going to like this. Memorability, three. Competitiveness, three. Intensity, seven. Unpredictability, one. And excitement, four. And the only reason I gave intensity a seven and excitement a four is because of those two wrecks on the first initial start and the restart. Mm. That was it. Wow. And that was the only reason, 3.6 overall. Like I said, I came up and worked on the computer. Yeah, because I was been wrapping my head around that all weekend or all these past three weeks, and I didn't miss a thing. I feel I didn't miss a thing. Well, but I, yeah, I guess you didn't miss a thing. No, I didn't. I really didn't. Tell me what I missed. Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> so how how do you rate the race, Preston, from Magello? All right. So uh, let me see if I can go back to my notes here and see it. Oh, okay. So uh, memorability. I think that's the first one, right? Okay, on the screen. I want to make sure I'm reading them in order here. Memorability was an 8. Competitiveness was a 7. I gave intensity a 9 with the accidents that we were having. I felt like it was making it a little bit more intense. Boy, the restart, that's, that restart after the first caution anyways, was intense. <laughs> As yeah, it was. some drivers found out, Carlos signs. <laughs> Unpredictability, I gave it a 6. I feel like I rated it a little bit too high, but... You know, when Ricardo had a chance and Albon was still kind of up there to at least disrupt maybe a Mercedes 1-2 finish, that's where I kind of right. like, uh, maybe there was something there. But And then the last one, uh, what was the last one again? Uh, excitement. Excitement was an 8. So it came out to a 7.6. And you're so more, you're so much more gracious than I am. I guess it's just because that. I'm just so into this 
Formula you One. You really right like now. the Formula One, man. I really and, and, enjoy hey, it. Hey, man, that's okay. I, I like Formula One too. Like last weekend's race where Hamilton didn't win, and we got yeah. to see another dry, another different podium. Yeah. So um, who knows? We'll see. Maybe you know. Maybe coming up next year with you know the cap regulations, and I think they're switching over to different regulations in general right. in the next two years. Maybe something different will come out of it. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. We have no Formula One race. They have the week off. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and head into NASCAR. Truck Xfinity and Cup Race is from Richmond. Green, green, green. Preston, I don't know about you, but the it seemed like the the races for the Truck Xfinity and Cup weren't the same. It was different. It was, I don't really know how to explain it. The, the races from Richmond failed to meet a lot of people's expectation, myself included. Yeah, and when we get to rating the race, I probably feel like I might have rated them a little higher than I probably would have, usually with NASCAR, but I kind of do agree with you. It doesn't, the races just seem like they maybe weren't up to par to most people. I mean, I haven't really been paying attention to what a lot of people have been saying. I don't know about you, though. No, and I've been following it on social media. A lot of people on Jeff Gluck's page who can rate if it was a good race or a bad race said, no, it wasn't a good race. Lack of cautions for all three series. It wasn't typical Richmond, I feel. Clint Boyer was very adamant in saying that the rubber wasn't getting laid down on track like it normally does, therefore the racing wasn't as good. It was more like a single groove race track, and a lot of people... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready were not racing as I feel like they were racing as far as if it rains like on a road course on in Formula One mm-hmm. racing the track and not racing drivers uh, okay and and that's how I felt about it but well, if you don't get that rubber laid down then yeah that makes a pretty big difference yeah it makes a huge difference and I'm not saying traction compound is the answer yeah but what I'm saying is I feel like it could have been better but it definitely could have been worse I feel Overall, mm-hmm. but here are my top five from the truck race at Richmond. I have Grant Enfinger winning the race. Very good job. It was the first time in truck series history that a team finished one, two, and three in Thor Motorsports. Wow. In truck series history. So Grant Enfinger won. Crafton finished second, had a great run, got a little mad at his pit crew. And Ian was watching the race. I was working with Ian while watching the race. And he was kind of upset at Crafton. It's like, why would you yell at your crew like that? It's like, well, oh, you haven't watched racing you enough yet. Then it's like you're you're still new. <laughs> You'll sometimes, figure it out. Sometimes he gets a little, you know, drivers get a little animated at their at their crews. Yeah. 
But Crafton, I gave second. Cody Roblower started 28th, finishing sixth. I hope I did pronounce his name right. Yeah. It looks like it says Roar Ball. Roar Ball. But who knows? But, you know, I, I think it's what you're correct because you're usually good at reading and I'm. David Reagan making his limited start there, starting 21st, finishing seventh. I thought he had a great run. And Timmy Hill in a truck that he owns. That's our awesome. 15th and finishing ninth. And I, I thought it was great for him. Good top 10. Those consistent top 10s will pay off in the long run. Preston, who do you have for your top five? Grant and Finger. Yep. Uh, Brett Moffitt, Ben Rhodes, Zane Smith, and Austin Hill. Very good top five. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like, you know, like I said, I think I rated these races lower than average than I do. I love the truck series. But I feel like the trucks, Xfinity, and Cups were, and especially being a cutoff race in, in the in the regular season for the truck series and Xfinity, I felt like it was underwhelming mm. in a sense. All right. Really did. Because Cups already in the swing, full swing of the playoffs. Yeah. I feel like the, everything was just meh for mm. the Xfinity and Trucks. Here's how. What, what's up? That's how I felt. That's how you felt? For a while now. <laughs> you haven't been oh, able to notice yeah, that with NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping Bristol, and I'm, I'm thinking Bristol won't disappoint for all three series, but I'm, I'm thinking that. Got to hold your expectations high, man. I hold my expectations up so high for all forms of auto racing. I want to see a good show, and I feel like, you know, again, I, I'm going to beat the dead horse here. I felt like it wasn't the same. Well, well. But here's just to wait and see. Here's how I rated the race for the truck race. I got a memorability at a six, competitiveness at an eight, intensity seven, unpredictability seven, and excitement six. I gave it an overall of a six point eight for the truck series. Oh wow, okay. So and I'm not disappointed about that. Hey man, you know that's the cards that were dealt. But how do you rate the race? Memorability six. Okay. Competitiveness was an eight, intensity seven, unpredictability seven, and I gave excitement an eight because I always, like I say, I'm kind of a bigger fan of like the truck series more. I always enjoy their racing and yeah. you know night racing too. So it came out to a seven point two. Yeah, I guess yeah, I think that's a seven point two is fair. Yeah, seven point two, I think, is fair. And um, but coming up to Bristol, all three series are going to Bristol, major series in NASCAR are going to Bristol, and. Here's who I got to watch out for, because, and I picked all playoff drivers. Okay. I feel like those guys are the ones that are going to be under the microscope. Of course, you're going to have the dark horses, maybe a Johnny Sauter coming up there and stealing the show. Mm-hmm. The way Johnny Sauter's running the season, I don't feel like that's going to happen. I, I feel like he's not really a threat this season, though his, his teammates, um, Brandon Finger, Matt Craft, and Ben Rhodes are in the playoffs. Something's just gone on with Johnny Sauter that I have no idea what, what's going on there? I really don't. <laughs> but here's who I got to watch out for. Sheldon Creed, one start, finishing six. Matt Crafton, average finish of 12.25. I think he's going to be a championship contender like he was last year, defending champ. I think he's got a good shot at definitely running away with this championship if everybody's not careful. Grant Infinger started the race season with a win at Daytona. Ended the regular season with a win at Richmond. Got wind in his sails. Average start, average finish of 6.3 and three starts. I think he's going to be a very tough competitor in these playoffs. I think he's hungry. I think he's going to go get it. Ben Rhodes, average finish of 12.5. And Austin Hill, average finish of 18th there in the truck series. Preston, who do you got? So I have, I think we're almost matched. I have Austin Hill. I have Zane Smith. Brett Moffitt, Ben Rhodes, and then Tyler Ankrum. 
I think mine were all playoff drivers as well. So and and it's nothing against anybody else that isn't in the playoffs. I just feel like those guys are yeah. going to be the ones to watch out for, and really the ones going for a championship through these playoffs. I think everyone's got a the top ten's a very good field there, diverse field there in the truck series, and I think it's going to be fun to watch. Going to Xfinity, got my Xfinity hat on, doing <laughs> like doing, doing a little hat changes. I got all three series. I might as well. Represent. Do, should we? Do we need to get like a uh, hat changer for you that stands right behind you, so it's like a pit stop, and they can just like oh. flip it real quick? I, I feel like w- where we're at right now with the headsets and everything, I feel like me doing it myself will be just fine. less moving parts. <laughs> I can take care of it. I think it'll be, I think it'll be fine. Again, we had a double header at uh, at Richmond for the Xfinity series. All Guyer took both. Yes, didn't think. He didn't really have a good start to the season, but finished very well in there. But again, it was the same thing as truck in the cup race where I feel like they weren't really racing. They were racing more of the racetrack and taking care of the tires. I think NASCAR needs to stop limiting tires and tell everybody, get as many tires as you can and make the show more exciting. Okay. That, that's just me. Okay. I, I know why they do it. They save money. But I think if you limit people's budgets, I think you limit the good show. A good example would be the damaged vehicle policy. Get rid of that. Oh God! Get yeah, rid of I'm, that, and I think you can. I'm right. I've been wanting to advocate against that for so long now. I just can't. Yep. Can't stand it. I think it's a pointless rule at this point. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, like, there's a lot of things that. I mean, like we say, the NASCAR saving money, but I think there's a lot of other factors that go into the reason why that we're in the mode of saving money. Right. And so. <laughs> Absolutely. But here's who I have. Um, top five, I can find. I did it over both races, just like a last our last doubleheader. I gave Austin Sindrick the number one spot. Average start of seventh. Average finish of seventh. So right there in the top ten in the regular se- season champion for the Xfinity Series. I think he's going to be a tough competitor there in the playoffs. Ross Chastain, average starting position of sixth and average finish of fourth. Very good run for him there. Justin Haley, 11.5 average start. Fourth average finish on over the weekend. Got to give it to this guy. Justin Allgaier started in the back both times and won both races. I thought he was good. And Michael Annette, literally a carbon copy from one day to the other. Both races started ninth. Both races finishing seventh. For wow. Michael Annette, I thought it was great. Who's your top five? I gave number one to Justin Allgaier because he swept both races. That's good for him. Oh, very good. That's a momentum for sure. Uh, Ross Chastain, I have Noah Gregson, Justin Haley, and then my fifth driver, Kaz Grala. He's an up-and-comer. I think yes, he's going to he be, is. if somebody doesn't snatch him up, I think people will be fools not to. Because mm-hmm. I think he's going to be something here in the next year. Yeah. Maybe not even a year. He's already a, a great run for great him. driver. Both races. So. Very good driver. I think he's going to go places. And I think he's going to do well, man. I really do. Yeah. Here's how I rated the race, and again, it's not the highest, I feel, as far as what I expect from NASCAR. Okay. Memorability, 6. Competitiveness, 6. Intensity, 7. Unpredictability, 6. And excitement, 5. Overall, for both of the races, of a 6. And I'm very disappointed in that. And that's just my personal opinion. If you got a different opinion, let us know on Twitter and Facebook of why... You think the races were higher or lower, in that yeah. ma- for that matter. But Preston, how would you rate the races? Excitement, seven. 
Competitiveness was an eight. Intensity was a seven. Unpredictability seven. Excitement seven. Memorability. Oh, I'm sorry. Memorability was a six. Okay. That. So. So o- overall, seven. Okay. It's not the highest. It's not the highest, but you know what, man? Um, I'm with you there. It was just one of those things. But we are going to Bristol, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think, and again, I picked nothing but for my my who to watch out for, pick drivers that were in the championship hunt. And here are my top five. Michael Arnett, average finish of 9.75 there. Austin Sindrick in two starts, 9.5. Ross Chastain, even though he has an average finish of 19th, I think he's going to... He's got some wind in his sails. He's doing way better this year than he did last year and in the last few seasons, so I think he's going to be up there. Justin Allgaier, a threat there, 4.5 in the last four starts. And Noah Gregson, after one start of 17th, those are my top five who to watch. And Preston, who do you have to watch out for? Uh, I agree. I have Ross Justine in my top five as well. Yep. I think, like you said, doing better this year, wind in the sails. We'll see what happens. No-brainer for Austin Sindrick as well. Justin Allgaier. I think he's going to be a force to reckon with as well this weekend. Noah Gregson, and then I have Brandon Jones in my top five. Okay, that's a good one, and I, I think um, you know it's going to be fun to watch. Definitely, hopefully, I think Bristol always never disappoints, especially now everybody's in the playoffs. I think we're gonna it's going to be fun to watch. I, I can't wait. Going to the cup, and I think it, this is um again my rating of the race was low, but. You know, we've already beat that before, but beat that dead horse. But here's my top five from the races, from the race at Richmond for the Cup Series. Martin Truex Jr. starting 14, finishing second. He has a string of top two from top three finishes that are really good. Almost won the Southern 500, finished second there at Richmond. Very good run. Kozlowski presenting himself as a true championship contender, winning that race, dominating that race. Yeah, I think he's a championship contender to run against the likes of Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin. For that championship there at Phoenix. Chase Elliott, fifth. Kyle Busch, even though he started sixth, finished sixth, I thought he would have been a little more competitive. He was my pick to win. He's won at Richmond a lot. Just couldn't get it done, unfortunately. And listening to his radio, he wasn't mad at anything. He just, the car wasn't right. Kozlowski was just that much better. Right. And I feel like it wasn't necessarily his fault. And Eric Almirola, starting 10th, finishing 8th. I thought it was a great run for him, but him and the rest of the Stuart Haas drivers need to pull something out, man, because each one of them are in that danger zone with the exception of Harvick. Mm-hmm. Cole Custer, Clint Boyer, and Amarola in that danger zone, I feel, to be eliminated here at a track that you don't want to race in a win for. But who do you have for your top five? Well, number one. I have to give credit to where credit is due. Austin Dillon. Had a great run. Another great Did. run. And he's mm-hmm. he's going to be a surprise factor, I think, in these playoffs. He's telling everybody just don't sleep on him. No. And, he, and rightfully so. Brad Keselowski, obviously, great run for him. Very good run. Martin Truex Jr., I think he's doing well. Continues to do well. And he probably will keep doing well. Yep. Joey Logano. And then Chase Elliott. Very nice. Or my top five. Very nice top five. I, I think each of those are deserved. But... You're not going to like my rating the race. You're going to find this amazing how low I rated this race. I, on I can't average. wait. And, you know, I rate, usually rate them about an eight. Yeah, yeah you, you do. Know? But now I'm, this race was just, and it, and it wasn't like there weren't any natural cautions. Mm-hmm. But you, everybody expect. oh, I want to see racing. I feel like there was a little bump in the bang, but not a lot. Yeah, not the, not the Richmond that we're used to seeing from years before. No, not at all. 
Oh, well, but here's how I rated the race. Memorability, six. Competitiveness, seven. Intensity, six. Unpredictability, seven. Excitement, five. Overall, for the cup race of a 6.2, and that's wow. pretty low for me. That is very low for you. How do you rate the race? Excitement was a seven. I mean, yep. I'm sorry. I'm starting on the wrong foot again. Memorability is first. Six. Competitiveness, eight. Intensity, eight. Unpredictability, seven. And excitement, seven. So, 7.2. It's crazy that you rated almost all three races, I believe, higher than me. Yeah, it is a little weird. I don't know if I'm kind of in the wrong right mindset for some of these. No, man. (laughs) You call it like you see it, man. So, uh, I mean, maybe it's just a weird time. Who knows? No, man, it is. (laughs) Um, It's crazy. But we're in the playoff season. Going to Bristol, here's who I got to watch out for. All five of these drivers are in that danger zone. And I feel like they're all going to need a good run in order to make sure they advance to the round of 12. Clint Boyer, average finish of 15.75, needs that good run. Matt Benedetto, though he finished second there last year, he's got a little better equipment this year. Average finish is 16.75. William Byron, in two starts, finished at an average of 11th. Eric Almirola, 27.75, doesn't bode well for him. And Cole Custer, one start in the Cup Series, and that was a spring race here in 2020, 35th. Wow. And I think uh, those guys um, are going to need to pull something, pull the rabbit out of the hat right. in order to do well. Who do you have to watch out for? Well, uh, a few of mine are pretty much guys that you would probably see at the front. So I have Denny Hamlin as one of them. Yeah. I have no doubt that he is going to be probably chasing a win somehow. Austin Dillon is somebody to continue to watch, I think. Clint Boyer, I'm picking him because I think he's going to, I think this race he kind of gets things a little bit turned around. He needs it for sure. Chase Elliott, and then I have Matt DiBenedetto as my top five as yep, well. I, I think I, I, just, I, would, I think he could do it. I would love to go to Bristol, just like Darlington, and see a driver I've who I've never seen win. That's my goal to go to every race. Eventually, I'm going to run out of drivers. I'm going to start seeing repeat. Yeah. But I want to see the drivers. I want to see the Matt Benedetto's up there. I mean, the Clint Boyer's up there. I've seen Chase Elliott win. I've seen Denny Hamlin win. Yeah. Austin Dillon, I would love to see win. I want a three-car in my display case. Will it happen? I don't know. Denny Hamlin's good there. Kevin Harvick's good there. Chase Elliott's good there. We're going to have to wait and see. I think you made a good, solid pick in your top five. But... As we've seen before, anything can happen in Bristol. Anything can happen. All right, Preston, that was NASCAR. We're going to go ahead and uh, get ready for our interview with ARCA driver Owen Smith. joined now by owen smith owen how's it going going pretty good how about yourself good man thanks for being on the show thanks for taking the time to join us uh just um i like starting off every interview with these questions for drivers who are just starting off and climbing through the ranks where are you from what do you race and where do you race um i'm originally from louisa virginia a little town right between charlottesville and richmond a lot of people probably know those two places so good markers for me I've been racing late models since I was 13 years old. I started out at Shenandoah Speedway, a little known track on the other side of the mountains in Virginia. And I ran there up until Dominion Raceway was opened up 
and it was so convenient for us, 30 minutes from the house and a beautiful facility. So I said, hey, let's go racing there and never look back. Awesome, man. So what got you into racing? Was it just, hey, this looks fun, let's try it? Or was it like a family member who got you involved in it? So kind of a funny thing is before, before the day that I went to my very first short track race, I didn't like racing. I, I, like, I didn't understand like the concept. I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. Why would I even want to go or watch or do this? And I remember, I remember the very moment at, it was at Southside Speedway, my, a family friend of ours, Ty Miller invited us and my dad kept asking me and trying to get me to go. And finally I broke and I said, okay, we can go. And I remember sitting on the infield pit wall during driver intros. And I said, this is amazing. I want to do this. This is absolutely awesome. How old were you uh, when that happened? I, I was 10 or 11. It was, I remember it was my sixth grade year. And I remember uh, talking to my dad about it and, you know, working on them little by little and going into my eighth grade year, we bought a car from the same friend, Ty, and just slowly built it piece by piece, doing everything we could. Because when we first got into it, you know, we, we didn't put the best of the best equipment in it. We just got it together to where it was safe and drivable for me right. and took off from there. Awesome, man. Well, that, that's an interesting story because I mean, you're doing literally what you know every kid wants to do when they become a fan it's like, i want to race and you actually did it man so that's awesome you um you mentioned um how you found it but for i mean because you reached out to us and you're like one of the few once i sent out the invitation and uh how do you come across uh in the marbles so i was i was scrolling through instagram one day and I, it, it gives you recommend, recommended followers or recommended people to follow based on interest. And I saw your, uh, your In the Marbles podcast, and I went and checked it out and followed it and listened to a few of them. And I was like, man, these, these guys are really cool. I like these guys. You know, the, they're down to earth. The, you know, we have, the, we have the same interest, obviously. Right. And so I just started listening to the podcast, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to shoot them a message and see what they say. Yeah, and it took a while. That happened a few months ago. You, shoot, you shot us a message, and – you know, just conflicts came up as far as you racing and now in the Arca series. Tell us about that. So it happened by, by kind of happenstance because I came here to college and uh, through the college, I got uh, signed on to this team to crew for them. And I was a over the wall member. I was a front tire carrier for the car for two years, also garage crew member. And uh, I remember at Kansas last year, the last race of the season, the car owner, Andy Hillenberg, came over to me and he asked, would you be interested in driving for me next year? And I said, absolutely, I would love to do that. And I, I told him up front, I said, you know, I don't have the money to come out and do this, you know, because it, it's not cheap to run ARCA series. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he, he just kind of said, we'll work with you. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, Andy Hillenberg's a well-known name in not just NASCAR, but auto racing as far as that and that's really cool you got the opportunity to do that so you got so you got the chance to be a crew member and promote it to driver that's 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready pretty neat that's really awesome it's literally like a talladega night story almost i, I was gonna say that but i didn't really want to insult you no <laughs> that, that's that's me and my family's favorite movie and oh okay in fact andy hillenberg actually helped uh help them with that movie man it's like a, you're you're just like ricky bobby man <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that is awesome so what would you, I'm, obviously you want to drive as much as you can, but would you be okay just being an over-the-wall crew member? You know, you, you have to look at it this way. It's not like racing in itself isn't like any other sport because football, talent can take you as far as you want. Soccer, talent can take you as far as you want. You know, any other sport. But auto racing, it's a dollar figure game. If you don't have the money up front to be able to do this, you're not going to be able to make it. So right. basically, basically what I'm riding on the backs of is sponsors and people willing to help. That's because if, if I were to put in every dollar that I have, I might be able to buy two sets of speedway tires and that's it. Wow. I mean, and those tires aren't cheap, man. So who, who are your sponsors? Uh, right now in, in the Arca series, I don't have any for Bristol. I have a powder, um, a sandblasting company sponsoring me. Oh, nice. Out of North Carolina. And they kicked in a, a, a decent amount of money for me to go racing. So that really helped out for Bristol and to make the necessary upgrades to go and be com- decently competitive. Right. And so you're racing Bristol this coming weekend, like Thursday? Yes, this Thursday at 9 okay. o'clock. Man, I wish I could be there. I'll, I'll be working or else I'd definitely be there trying to watch. Our, I don't if fans even allowed in ARCA yet. They allowed them at Toledo this last weekend, but with you know, it goes state by state, track by track, right. and whether NASCAR's with them or not. I I honestly have no clue for this weekend. Okay, well that's a bummer. I wish I would have known. I would have planned out better and came and see your race. My bad. No, it's okay because that's my bad too. I took overtime at work for it, so don't mm. worry. Where Where do you want to go from Arca? Do you want to take? I take it you. Like any driver, you want to climb the ladder to the truck series and then Xfinity and Cup. What's your long-term goals with uh, racing? So long-term-wise, I would, I would absolutely love to be able to run a full season in ARCA. And from there, basically to feel, feel it out and see what kind of t- cost it would be to go to Xfinity. I used to work for a um, NASCAR truck and Xfinity team. It was Brandon Built Motorsports okay. when I was in high school. And I was talking with the owner, and he said, economically speaking, the only difference between Xfinity and truck is that you run more races. Hmm. Interesting. You know, 
cost wise between the two, it's tit for tat almost. Okay. And, and do you, um, as far as your ARCA team now with Hillenburg, are, are you guys planning to make that jump up to a higher series or are you guys just happy with ARCA right now? If and when I do go to make the jump to Xfinity, I'll, I would probably do it with another team. Okay. And, and I told Andy what my goals and plans are, and he said that he's willing to help me as much as he can. That's awesome, man. It takes that help to advance your career. That's awesome. So what do you do more? Do you drive more or hit the car more? This year I've been driving a lot more. Oh, good. But, I mean, every week it just seems like there's something, something bad happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I've looked at the past results, and it's, if it's not one thing, it's another, and it doesn't seem to be your fault. It just seems brake issues mechanical issues just one thing after another it like one week we'll go to the track and next week will be better and then next week will be better and then so on and so forth but my time will come i know just gotta be patient yeah and that and that's the big thing with anything it's just patience and stuff and just out of curiosity how old are you uh 20 yeah you got time man <laughs> you got just time be yeah be patient you got more patience than i did at 20 I, I was ready to just do whatever it took just to get out of the Marine Corps when I was in 20 years old. So worry not, my friend. Just like my mom always says, she said, just pick away at it slowly. You can't yeah. take big bites. No, yeah, you can't, or else you just end up going upside down, man, and I hear you. So what's the craziest thing that's happened to you this year to keep those wind in the sails? You have a crazy, like, just – this good moment just happened for us and it's helped us throughout the way. It's the opportunity that I have right now and the seat that I'm in. I know that just by anyone would absolutely kill to be in that position. So every time I get in the car, I say, no matter what happens, I'm grateful for this opportunity. Right. No matter what. So, uh, Owen, you, you said you started racing at 13, right? <laughs> and you're 20 now. So in the span of just seven years, do you have like a favorite memory whether it be racing or maybe, you know, as Beamer said, pitting the car. <laughs> in race, like, you, I made, I've made so many amazing memories throughout the years, but probably one that stands out the most was um, the first time that I ever wrecked with someone, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it, it, was, it, was, it was probably my second or third race ever. I remember I was going for a pass on the inside, and he got loose, and my front end got tight and shoved up into him, so we both kind of collided like this, spun around backwards, and then bounced off each other again. And I'm in the car, you know, 13-year-old, 13, 14-year-old me is just freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what did I just do? He's going to be so mad. And I remember right after the race, I went down there, and I went over to him. I said, I am so sorry for that, and, you know, going on apologizing. He said, for what? And I was like, for wrecking you. He said, oh, I was already wrecked. He said, you just came up in me a little bit. We're all right. <laughs> and then I remember he said, young man, what's your name? And I said, Owen Smith. He said, well, I'm Alfred Tull. It's nice to meet you. And, I mean, that moment just, you know, it made me realize that everyone's there for the same thing. Everyone wants to have fun. If you're not having fun, you shouldn't be doing it. A lesson that people on platforms like iRacing and Formula One 2018 or 2020 should Take, yeah, absolutely. Take, because holy cow, they take that thing like they're racing for the cup every. Well, weekend. I take it seriously too. Yeah, but it's okay take to it. take it serious, but just enjoy <laughs> yeah. it while you're doing it. Yeah, there's one thing. I mean, I, I raced Daytona on iRacing, and do you I race there, Owen? Oh yeah. Yeah, you know. So I was racing Daytona, 
and I caused a wreck and I got so many nasty grams. Like, how dare you wreck and not hold your line? It's like, who cares, man? Just racing, just hit the reset button. But I mean, that right there tells me with, I I take it that guy was more of a veteran than you were at the time there, Owen. Yes. Just that little, like, don't take it too seriously. Be serious about your career, but you know, have fun with it and good things will happen. Exactly. Everybody's out there to win. Nobody wants to get wrecked, but if you do, wrecks are a part of racing. You just have to learn. You just got to learn from it and you can't help if you washed up. Exactly. You know, you could go out there and you could have the best car you've ever had in your entire life and blow, blow a tire out and absolutely kill the car, but you have to be ready for that. Yeah. So, so Preston brought up best memory. What's the, like, one of those memories that you look at and go, why did I do that? Do you have any of those stories? None, none that come right to mind of me saying, you know, why would I ever do that? I, honestly, I mean, you know, you, you pretty much have to learn to live with whatever you do on the racetrack. Okay. So live with no, live with no regrets. Okay. So moving forward here, you, you, what, you got Bristol coming up and, ARCA race isn't as long as the regular NASCAR seasons. What other races are you racing this year? Um, I'll be, I'll more than likely be completing the rest of the ARCA season. And given my schedule with ARCA, I probably won't be competing in any late model races this year. Okay. And, and that makes perfect sense. You know, you can climb the ladder. What's your plans for 2021 for next year? Right now I'm at, I'm hustling every day, trying to find a sponsor for next year. And if we can make it happen, hopefully run a full season in ARCA. Oh, that'd be that's, great to see you in that's Daytona. The big, that's the big goal. Yeah. Or at least just Daytona to get my name out there. And I'll be in Daytona this next season, starting next year. So if you race there, I'll definitely stop by and say, hey, and give you a T-shirt and stuff. If you take the money out of it, what's the toughest part about going out there and getting it? Money, money is a big thing, but what's the, like, if, it, if money wasn't an issue, what would be the second issue that you would be facing? The competition. I, I'll give it to the drivers. Every other driver in the series, they're pretty stout. Every, every driver in the series, I think, is capable of winning in their own right. Okay. You know, in, another big thing is trying to compete with teams that have these cup, like cup backing. You know, for example, you know, uh, Ty Gibbs or anyone with DGR Crossley. Right. You know, if they want the latest and the greatest technology, they have it coming down straight from the top. Whereas us, we're, we're picking at little things here and there, learning right. every week. Right, okay. And does that demoralize you at all? Like how these guys, maybe like the Gibbs guys, have it good just because, well, my grandfather's Joe Gibbs? I think about it a lot, and it doesn't, it doesn't bother me because I know that if I was in that exact same position, I would take it. So right. I can't really, I can't hold that over. I can't control who their family is. I can't control, you, you know, they, because they didn't have anything to do with it. I'm not going to throw them under the bus. I'm not going to throw Joe Gibbs or anyone, anyone else under the bus. You know, if I was in that position and my grandson wanted to race, I would do that in a heartbeat for them. I, I, it doesn't really demoralize me. I guess it just makes me want to work harder for it. Well said there, Owen. You're, you're wise beyond your years, I feel. And um, it's you going places. So, with the issues that you've been having for breaks and everything like that, how do you deal with that on a driver level? Just take a deep breath and think logically. What happened? How can we fix it? What can we do in the future to prevent this? 
Okay. And so your crew, your relationship with your crew chief, I'd say, you know, kind of like, do you ever go up to him and say, you know, hey, what the heck, you know, I mean. At um, Fast Track in the shop is extremely understaffed. I mean, we are, we are a very budgeted team. So, you know, him prepping three cars because it's one or two people in the shop usually trying to prep three cars for an event just to head to the event, turn right around and then get three more cars ready for the next race. So you're in a three-car team. Mm-hmm. Okay, who who are your teammates? Um, Mike Basham has been running with us this season, okay. as well as several other drivers, and uh, Rick Clifton. Um, who else have we had? Um, Max McLaughlin? No. no. Oh, yeah, Max Callis. They, uh, so I, I just saw you turn around there. Where, where are you at right now? I'm in my apartment right now. Okay. Uh, my roommate's sitting in the room with me. Okay, and does your roommate work with you on the team? Yes, he's the fuel man. Oh, nice. That's a dangerous job. He loves it. Hey, you got to love what you do. That's awesome. So, I mean, do the, as far as that, do you guys um, – how's the team camaraderie there? It sounds like it's close with your fuel man and your roommate. Yeah, we're, we're all we – all, most of the crew goes to UNOH – Every on a week-to-week okay. week basis, we're all there together. So you know, we've all pretty pretty much be, learned to become friends with each other. I mean, that's half of it, right there, is the chemistry of the team you're on, and can we get together, work well together, and you know, crack up and joke around with each other? That's a big one. Yeah, I agree. If you weren't racing, uh, so if you weren't racing, uh, what would you be doing? Would you be working on the cars or focused on just getting into auto racing? If you weren't a driver. If I wasn't a driver at this point, I would more than like I would more than likely be focusing on the uh, the shop side of things, you know, fabrication, uh, car setups, things like that. Now, how how important that is that as a driver to know how the car is set up, what parts do, and in my opinion, it is the most critical part of the car is the driver knowing his equipment, right? Because from the from the driver's seat. There's so many tools that a driver can use, but if he doesn't understand why they do what they do, he'll never be able to use them as effectively as another driver who does. So really, and in, in just based on what I'm hearing is, you know, you're kind of doing both. You're learning how to drive and learning the equipment and kind of doing both sides of the coin there. Exactly. And which I'll is never stop learning. Yeah, absolutely. And that's true in anything in life. Never stop learning about anything. What do you do? Um, is I take it driving is your full time job, but um, do you do anything on the side at all to help supplement income for the team? Or I'll go out and look for sponsorships, like local businesses, send out emails, letters, pamphlets, things like that, trying to get drum up interest with uh, for sponsorship so we can go racing full time. Okay, so your full time job is racing. Yes, sir. Hey, yeah. Oh, you don't have to call me, sir. I, I appreciate it, but you don't have to call me, sir. <laughs> you know, I, I could see that you're going, that you want this really bad. And it's okay. Short term goals. I asked you long term goals earlier. What are your short term goals as far as the ARCA series? Short term for this season? For the season, for the next two years, or however long. Finishing I know out this season, I would absolutely love to finish top 15 in points, especially with how late I've gotten into the, uh, the season. I'm currently sitting 21st in point standings and every week we've picked up a couple of spots. 
Okay. So I'm really hoping that by the end of the year, I can say that I finished top 15 in points. And next year, if we go full-time racing, finishing top five in the points would have, would be like a dream. I think you could do it. So who's your biggest competitor on the track? Is it a teammate or is it someone else? If I had to say overall, probably one of the best drivers in the series right now, in my opinion, is Sam Mayer. Yep. He's, he's really tough. I and just... uh, Chandler Smith, short track legend. I mean, I've seen him wheel a car like I couldn't even believe. Okay, and, and do you have? Do you feel like you need you? You're more competitive against your teammates or are the other drivers on the track? I feel like I feel like I'm more competitive with my teammates. Almost, it's you know, it's it's always that joking fact of you know, hey, I finished in front of you. Hey, I I was faster than you in practice. You know, it's that personal level that you can get on with them. Whereas you know, a competitor, you can't really do that. So as as far as your your two your two other teammates. Um, do you guys work well together as in the sense of, hey, I'm, I can't figure out this setup. Can you help me? Is there good communication between the drivers? Yeah, I talked to uh, Mike. Mike Basham's a veteran in the ARCA series, and he's a really good person to talk to. You know, if I'm – I'll ask him questions, you know, like what are you doing that I'm not doing? Where are you braking? Where are you getting back on the gas? How's the car feel to you? Is it stepping out? Is it pushing you up the track? Things like that and try and work with each other and see if we can make each other a little bit better. I mean, do you take everything he tells you and apply it, or do you take what works for you and apply it? It's a, it's a case-by-case case basis with a driver. Some, a setup that works perfectly for one driver might be out in left field for another driver. But I'll take what he says, and while I'm on track, I'll say, let me feel the car out here where he's putting the car. And I'll also watch him during practice, too. Right. So I'll, I'll try that out and see how it feels, and my spotter will you know, tell me if it, I picked up or if I lost on that lap. Well, okay, maybe this line isn't working for me, so let me try my entry but his exit. You okay. know, try, take a little bit of both and make it the best I can. All right. What's, what's the scariest part about being a driver right now in, in your stage of your career? It's a huge platform to be on. Everyone's mm -hmm. eyes are on you what you do is every little thing seems like you could be scrutinized for it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas like on the short track level, you know, someone, someone goes and does something stupid. No one hears about it, but here everyone hears about it. Right. Also the fact that I don't own the car that I'm driving anymore. So yeah. Does that take, does that take pressure off of you knowing that you don't own the car? Does that add more pressure? It it's, it's like a ton of bricks on my back. Right. Every time I get in the car, you know, I'm, I just have to take a deep breath and say, just do what you do. Okay. Just drive. And, and, and as far as your experience as a crew member, do you feel more pressure as a driver or as a uh, tire carrier? I would say as a driver, I feel a lot more pressure for the amount of time that I'm under it. But a, a, a crew, a, a pit stop can make or break a race. Yeah. So... I miss, I, I throw the tire on and I miss, and it causes us to lose three positions. You know, that could be a serious detriment to the team. Right. Whereas a driver, you, it's all in your hands once you get off the pit road. Okay. Do you do, you do anything else besides uh, carry tires for the team? I mean, like if the car isn't on the track, what would, you, what would your main jobs be if you were a crew member? Mainly uh, gopher, making, making sure that the car is operating properly, you know, 
making small adjustments through our crew chief, making small adjustments on the car, uh, changing tires in the garage area, um, making sure that the car's oils up to temp before firing, cycling the oil systems, things like that. Man, and so you, you're jack of all trades right there. And I take it that's important to – it's kind of like an underappreciated position, but once you're a driver, you appreciate those guys who are doing that all for you, huh? Exactly. And it's it's not easy work, and no. I know what goes into it. So whenever, you know, I see my crew doing something for me, you know, I'll, I'm appreciative of everything they do. Right, and which is important to keep that loyalty and – stuff like that you you ever been in a altercation on track or close to a, like an altercation like you know you see these big pit road fights and stuff you ever been a part of one of those no i have not it doesn't you don't strike me as a guy who you know puts yourself in that position so i was just curious it would it, it would take a lot to push me to that point and i mean you i would have to be leading at daytona and get blatantly wrecked and destroyed for me to even consider doing anything like that of course, and of course, by leading, you'd be on the final lap coming down and then just get turned, I take it. Exactly. Yeah. It would be like giving a kid a lollipop and taking it away and throwing it in the trash. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. After probably stumping on it and rolling it in the mud. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you just have such a cool head on your shoulders. It's it's amazing that you're just twenty. My parents, you know, really push the fact of keep a calm, level head, right. and act like everyone's always watching. Would Would you say uh, who's your biggest motivator as far as you wanted to get into racing and you tell your dad that and you know, who kind of ke- keeps pushing you? Is it your mom and dad? They, they've been behind me the whole, this whole way. My friend Ryan, I met him when I came up here to college and right. he's been extremely supportive of me and great. And, you know, keep pushing me to do better every week. The one piece of advice you, you go back to yourself at 13, you starting to race, 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 um, lake models. What's the one piece of advice you would give that young 13 year old Owen Smith? Kind Push like, 5% more than you could every day. 5% more than you could every day. Just get that little bit more every single day. That's good advice for not only race, race car drivers, but I think everyone could appreciate just that little bit more effort in life and whatever you want to do. It's awesome. You may not see it the following day, but 10 years from now, it could be absolutely life-changing. All right, push five percent more. That words to live by there. Again, way wise above your years there, Owen. Thank you. You go you're going to Bristol, short track. What are you hoping to get away from there? What are you hoping to take away from there? <laughs> Biggest thing would be uh finish a race. That would be that that would make me happy is finishing a clean race, honestly. You know, I would love to say I would get, love to go out there and run top ten, but you also have to think about the competition you're up against and the experience and the t- seat time that they have that I lack. And, but, and have, have you ever raced Bristol before? No, I have not. Oh, so this is your first time there. I mean, 
what's your biggest nervousness about it? What are you most nervous about? Is it just, I've never raced there and, or I don't want to get into anybody or cause any issues. Turn four. Turn four. <laughs> Simply put, turn four. Okay, why, why is turn four? Where are you? Turn four, just, you know, I've watched a lot of film and I've ran a ton of laps on iRacing. And after being in, in the actual car, iRacing can't really even compare to it. But turn right. four always seems to be where something happens, whether I'm watching film or racing there uh, in the sim. Every time, turn four just seems to always be that one spot. And the wall likes to creep up on you, too, not to mention. It's awesome that you're going to Bristol, turn four, watch out for turn four. Are, are you getting any advice from anybody else? Not really. I'm, no, I'm going it. into this pretty blind. Well, just given the fact that we've been talking for the past 30 minutes or so, it seems like you got a good grasp, at least attitude-wise. And I think that's half of everything in life, more than half. It's like 99% of it. Half the battle's won. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So you just go there and hold on tight and give them hell the way I see it. And enjoy my time there and just have fun. Right. I mean, you, so your first time, I take it you've been there as a spectator or a worker, right? Or is this your first time at Bristol ever? This is my first time at Bristol. Ever. Wow. Yeah. It's a tall hill, man. I mean, that's, about, that's a lot to process, man. And, and you get there, what, Wednesday or Thursday, right? At the, does Arca do the same thing where they get there the day of, unload, and go? Yeah. Well, uh, garages will open up at 1 o'clock for us. Does that put a little more – with this whole COVID thing, does that put a little more pressure on you? Like, we don't have practice. We don't have qualifying. You just get in the car and go? We will little... have practice and qualifying. Oh, okay. Which is, good. Which I'm really excited for. Well, that's good. At least you will understand it a little. You won't just go in there blind for the race. That's – it has to be that, that would be pretty scary, honestly. That would be, I would say, pretty scary because I it'd be, I turn, like, it'd be like jumping off a cliff without knowing what's at the bottom. I, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want to jump off a cliff anyway. You're crazy if you, you want to do that. Hey, man, it'd be fun if there's water at the bottom. It depends on how high the cliff is, there, Owen. You got a point. Yeah, I mean, she's, <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to. When's this water coming smack and then I'm, I'm hurt. And that's awesome, like, just the way you process that and put it in there because Bristol's not an easy track, but you're going there, and I, I say go get him, Owen. Go get that win. Go get that win. I'm going to dig for everything I can. The heck with the top fives. Go get a win. That should be everyone's goal when they go, but you also have to remember that's everyone else's goal too. Very true, but I, I think you could do it. I think you could go and get, get yourself a win there. That'd be absolutely awesome. That would be awesome. And, and like I said, I wish I could be there, but, uh, well, um, if I ever win there, if I ever win in the Arca series period, I'm going to be embarrassed on TV because I'm going to be bawling like a baby. Don't man. Don't be, don't be embarrassed about crying, <laughs> man. Because I think that's such a, cause you talked about the ton of bricks on your back and just all that lifted off right there. It's like, I did it neck moving forward that, now. That would be an absolutely amazing moment. That would be my new favorite moment in racing. What's your favorite moment right now? The with the meeting Alfred for, for for the first time. Okay. And what made that so special? You know, when I when I first met him, it was just his cool level headedness, and then he kind of became a mentor to me. You know, he would always he would always give me advice and help out and just help guide me through this. And he he's just an absolutely amazing guy. 
Okay. That's and Alfred, Alfred, remind me again, is the individual who introduced you to racing? Or? He's the he's the guy that I wrecked with for the first time. That's right. And and what would what makes that like I as far as I mean, Alfred seems like to be the turning point. Like you got in that accident, he said, have fun with it. It's okay. Stuff happens. But so you would take him more as a, a mentor? In yeah. Your early days? I I do. And he's always helped me and supported me and given me, you know, the best advice I could ever ask for. So he's been a guide almost to me. And and, and that's good to have throughout a career and life is a good mentor, one who understands what you're going through and one that pushes you. Well, you got anything you got anything for him, Preston? Um, I got nothing. You're you're really good at leading these interviews. You know how to keep the flow going. You gotta keep the flow going, man. I'm over here just like anytime I think of a question, it's not it's even smooth like going down a river. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes you hit rapids. Yeah. <laughs> I hit rapids all the time. You hit though. rapids in life. You just have to navigate through them. Well, well, Owen, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up, man. I appreciate you again coming on the show. Uh, show will be out Thursday, and it will be on YouTube. I'm looking forward to it. This has been one that we've been looking forward to. I'd like to get you back on before the 2021 season to see where you're at and progressing and stuff. I guess I I could see big things in your future just with your the simple fact that your attitude is awesome. I would love to do that. And um, I appreciate you for being on the show and listening to the show. I really do, man. And uh, by all means, tell people you're on and let's spread the word, man. And uh, hopefully people get to know you more and watch the Arca series and uh, follow you. Follow you, follow you, follow your team. Uh, best of luck in Bristol. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you around, man. I, I, Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem, Owen. Yeah. All right, that was our uh, interview with Owen Smith. Best of luck to Br- to him at Bristol. We're going to be sending him a couple of In the Marble stickers. Hopefully, he'll splatter on his car. Hopefully, they get there in time, and we can uh, have In the Marbles represented at Bristol Motor Speedway. That'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Thanks again to Owen for being on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to watching your career under a further microscope. Every time we seem to have drivers on here, Brian Barnhill, Owen Smith, Jesse Ibuji, I follow their career a little more intently. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about this, and this is what I wanted. Now I'm a fan of Owen Smith. Good, Best of luck to him. I can't wait to see him. Hopefully see him in February at Daytona during Speed Weeks. But Preston, we have a movie review. Yes, we do. We have a very good movie review. What is it? And you tell us about it, man. It was your idea. Uh, yes, yeah, so I brought up the idea last week to you uh, when we were just kind of you know fooling around after, and I mentioned to you the Formula One documentary. I can't remember what year it came out. I want to say it was 2014 or 15 maybe, but I found it. I came across it on YouTube. Yep. And it's um, I can't remember the exact title of it, but it has to do with the two the history of the two-second pit stop. It is called Formula One. It's a Formula One documentary, Pit Stop in Two Seconds. Pit Stop in Two Seconds, yeah. So it was... Um, a, who uh, hosted by David Coulthard. David Coulthard hosted it. And man, I mean, any any good documentary about any kind of racing is always, yeah, to me, good. And 
just the history of how pit stops came about all the way back from when Formula One first came around. I mean, just yeah. it's it's crazy to see the technology that gets put into it and then, you know, the eras where we have fueling and then they ban refueling cars and then bring it back again. And <laughs> what, what I loved about it, Preston, was the fact that they were on this circuit in France and you you hop over the pit raw and you hop over onto the racetrack in yeah. a sense and there there's no pit wall separating them from the cars and no. cars going by them at mm-hmm. 170 miles an hour one mess up from those drivers all of a sudden you're in big trouble that is a scary thing to think about and what i i also liked about it was when they were talking about the pit stops and how they took a hammer and knocked yeah. off the hub yeah and it was uh and then, threaded the, in the it, opposite direction right. and, wow. and it was amazing to me and just to get from that to a two-second pit stop, especially with Red Bull. Red Bull was the focus of that yeah. documentary. Mm-hmm. It was really good. We talked about it, and we said we'd review it on this episode. It's worth the 44 minutes of your life. It is. It definitely is worth the 44 minutes of your life. We'll link it when the episode drops on Thursday to the episode, because I think it's if you're a Formula 1 fan and you appreciate the two-second pit stop, you will appreciate this documentary. It's great, well-hosted, good history behind it. They talk to crew members and talk about the evolution of pit stops and how mm-hmm. how they went from, like, a, what, 30-second fueling to three seconds? Yeah, it was crazy. Like I said, the, the technologies and um, what was it? I think his name was Gordon Murray and how he talked about how they were trying to revolutionize different things and try different things yeah. and, like, refuel, trying to refuel the car in so many seconds and how things were kind of misplaced at one point and then the car exploded on them and then they were just showered in and vapors. Fuel. It yeah, was crazy, it was just... man. It was crazy. <laughs> Great documentary. I'm going to give it to you, Preston. You brought this up. You wanted to rate it. How would you rate this episode? Five lug nuts easily. There's your In the Marbles movie review. Two second. Our pit stop in two seconds. It's on YouTube. It's 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 it, it's just it's it's crazy. Like I said, it's just cool to see the evolution. And then like it, uh, I think it was in the nineties when um, Verstappen when he got fuel on him when it the, the and this isn't Max Verstappen. This is yeah um, his his father. his father. Yeah, and the fuel got all over him, and then it ignited, and then he caught on fire, and then there was you know we fast forward years down the road and. I think it was at Red Bull. I think it was where the tire came off. I can't remember who's who. What who? It, uh, it was a Kimi Raikkonen tire. Yeah, there was I a believe, tire. and I remember that race because I was watching that race and it hit the camera guy. Yeah, it hit the camera guy, and then they go into then it, explaining that it didn't they show have, it, but they yeah they have um, safe fail fail safes now where like even if the lug nut is not securely on there with the wheel. It's still the wheel won't come off still now. It's right. gonna it'll still be on there. It's just you know you're gonna have an issue. But it's just anybody that is into racing, the history of any kind of racing, especially Formula One, you want to see the the history of the two second pit stop. I'm telling you what, like you said, it is worth 44 minutes of your life. It, Absolutely, it really is, Preston. And I I th- I think it's a great documentary too. I agree with you. Five lug nuts. If you're interested in Formula One whatsoever. Watch this evolution of the pit stop. It's right up there with, I think, all of our documentaries and all the movies and documentaries we've yeah. researched on or reviewed on here. I really do. So, Preston, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into our final thoughts, our drive of the week, and this week in NASCAR and wrap up this show. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. 
All right, our final thoughts here. Wanted to get into this before we get going. Our In the Marbles 2.0 standings for the fantasy league, and I tell you what, there's not much room. There's not much movement on top. Up top, SMR R and D still in the lead with four thousand eight hundred and seventy eight points. Beamer on a Beamer four thousand six hundred and seventy. And what blows me away is I look at these guys standings throughout the races. And they're blowing us away. Mm-hmm. They are literally blowing you and me away. It's yep. crazy. S Blade, or I'm in four. I'm in third now with four thousand four hundred and ninety nine. Almost there. Almost right up there with them. I feel I'm not there yet. S Blades four thousand three hundred and seventy. SMR Operation forty three hundred. Easy number there, Preston. Meep Meep three three thousand four hundred and eighty eight. Crunchy Enterprises three thousand three hundred and sixty six. Forty three and me. 3,127. I want to say six on down now to 11th. Better luck next year, guys. Jay Walker Flock of Wiregrass Racing, BK Racing 57. Better luck next year. I think uh, you'll get them next year. Yeah, absolutely. I, You know, before I came over today, Maples, I was talking to him, and he was like, uh, yeah, I didn't really. I don't think I really got the points correctly on the whole playoffs for the fantasy, but it doesn't matter because I'm winning still, anyways. And I was like, "Whatever, dude." Yeah, take to, <laughs> take the win, man. Just take it. Don't don't go crazy and trying to find it, man. Go in it. Our driver of the week this week, old school Formula One driver. Since we talked about two second pit stop in two seconds, and I'm sure he would have loved to have him. Our driver of the week this week, if in here in, in the marbles is Formula One British driver Sterling Moss. Born in West Kensington, London in 1929, passed away in April of this year at the age of 90 in London. He's a Formula One racing driver over the course of 10 years, raced for such teams as Mercedes, Maserati, Van Wall, Walbrocker Cooper, Lotus and HWM. He has 67 career entries and 66 starts. No championships, 16 wins, 24 podiums. And here's what I found crazy. Career points of 185 and 914. I wonder how you get that. I don't know how you get that, but guess what? He got He got he it. He got those stats. <laughs> he has 16 pole positions, 19 fastest lap his first Race came into 1951 Swiss Grand Prix. His first win came at the 1955 British Grand Prix. Last win in the 1961 German Grand Prix. And last race in the 1961 United States Grand Prix. Sterling Moss, your driver of the week this week here at In the Marbles. And for this week in NASCAR, we go all the way back to September 16th, 1957. One of the most unusual tracks in the field First decade of NASCAR racing was Memphis, Arkansas Speedway, a 1.5-mile dirt track that played host to the 300-mile convertible division race. The race was swept by Hall of Famer Curtis Turner and Joe Weatherly, both of whom drove for the Factory 4 team owned by Peter DePablo. Turner won $3,800 in his finish, three laps ahead of Weatherly. The track... In the February Daytona Beach Road Course, tied for the largest purses in 1956. Wow. That is this week in NASCAR, September 16th, 
1956, right? NASCAR was just a baby back then. Yes, it was. And Preston, I have nothing else. You have anything else before we wrap up this very awesome show? Uh, no, I'm just going to, uh, before you even sign off, I'll just let everybody know uh, I'm streaming. You know, when this episode drops, I would have streamed our league race this week, Racing from Russia and Formula One 2020. So go check it out. If you go to my Twitch channel, ITM underscore racing, the whole race will be there. I have it set to where it records the entire thing now. Good. And I don't just have snippets. Make sure you have the webcam up, man. And um, I'll have more information coming soon. They plan on live streaming us on a different Twitch channel as well and having a commentator too. So That'd be cool. Whenever I find that out, I'll let everybody else know as well. But ITM underscore racing, I will hopefully have the webcam up this week. It's just it's been kind of hard to do it with when I talk to my teammate because I talk – the headset I use has the microphone on it, so right. I'd probably have to race without talking to anybody and just talking to the camera when I can, at least. You'll gotta, get there, man. Kind of got to focus. You it's a crawl, work in progress. Crawl, rock, <laughs> run. Remember, give 5% more effort like Owen said, and you can do it. That's right. I can't do you it. You can do it. <laughs> on another note here, I'll be at Bristol this Saturday for the Bristol Night Race in the Pearson section, wearing the In the Marble shirt. Be on the lookout for me. If you see me, say, hey, we'll take a selfie together, whatever you want. You pass out business cards, man. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody there. Safe travels. Best of luck again to Owen Smith and having him on the show. Thank you very much. And Preston, with that being said, I think we're done here. I think we are. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to us this week here in In the Mars for this very special episode. Thanks again to Owen Smith for being on. Best of luck at Bristol. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch for Preston. And be on the lookout for future episodes and more driver interviews coming up for Preston Lude. Ian Lovis, who is not here, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week, and I'll see you at Bristol. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.